Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins who are miming along in unison. <laughs> well, we're into what, our eighth year? You've eighth. heard that a few hundred times now. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. Although it's funny because you weren't here a few weeks back mm. and I had to do that and I'm like, wait, what does he say again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I'm in the moment, you are mouthing yeah. word for word. Yeah. It's like, have you ever, you, you know, you do karaoke and you think you know the song so well because you sing along. With the words. Yeah. But that's, I'm obviously singing slightly behind the words by a split second or whatever. Or they're reminding me as we go. Like you're reading. You're reading the words at karaoke. <laughs> oh, at karaoke. Yeah, no, good point. No, I'm I'm talking about, you know, on the radio, when yeah. you're hearing the words is easier than when it's just an instrumental track. Sure. Like I remember when so I- So when you're, hang on, you're saying an instrumental track, it's harder to remember the words? Yes. For an instrumental track? Well, no, I'm- what- <laughs> I get what you mean. I get you. It's I'm like- glad someone does. <laughs> Jess works in radio at a music station. She doesn't seem to understand music. No, what about this one, Jess? It. What about it's when you you're doing the dishes, you're putting away the cutlery. Yeah. And if the knives and forks are already there, it's easy. But if they're gone, you go. Hang on. Where do they a go? Forks on the left. Yeah. A forks Thanks in the middle. so much for putting it into terms that Jess would understand. <laughs> <laughs> Dinnerware. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because she was lost before. <laughs> I was like, music? What? <laughs> but cutlery? Come on. Okay. Your, <laughs> your greatest passion in life. <laughs> You're talking my language. Yeah. Dish- oh, dishes. I love cutlery. Dishes. <laughs> you love spoons. <laughs> Spoon collection. Love spoons. Hey, Jess, how does this show work? Well, this show works where uh, one of the three of us, Dave, Matt, and me, Jess, <laughs> Take turns <laughs> researching a topic, usually suggested by a listener. We go away, we uh, we research it, we bring it back to the other two who listen politely, who never riff along. Spoons. And, yeah, we, we keep it super relevant. Um, <laughs> Spoons. And if this is your first ever episode, you know, like all podcasts, just give it a go, you know? You might, you might hate it, but we grow on you. Yeah, you got to give it a few episodes. But I will say this. I looked at uh, reviews recently. Back mm-hmm. to back, there was one that said the best, five stars, and it was really glowing. And the That's next nice. one was the worst thing I've ever heard, one star. Wow. I'm like, that's... That- and w- which one did you think about when you were lying about that night? <laughs> <laughs> the two best or the one worst? Uh, it could have been the worst. But see, I think the person who said the worst thing I ever heard needed to listen to a couple more episodes. Mm. You know, yeah, they compl- They don't like the uh, the the off-topic stuff. We've made it so clear that's what we do. You the know what I mean? The show's called "Do Go On," a phrase used when people because we are distracted by something. Anyway, yeah, we've done it again, Dave. You're starting this episode with a question to get us on topic, or my Jess is, is depending on my question is <laughs> Jess. What's your question? Who's got the <laughs> open laptop in front of them? Mm. You think Dave's that cavalier? Is that the I'll oh, feel this one. <laughs> you think I'm just going to riff it this week? I'm feeling confident. I reckon I got it. I I'm watched a doco observant. on the weekend, and I remember the gist of it. You, you There's a guy, it? Barry or something. Whoa, anyway, whatever. don't Who worry cares? about it. He's American or Finnish, one of the two. I don't know. Um, no, it is, it's me, and my question is broad and vague. Okay. So strap in. Of the potential heist stories, which is our collective favourite kind of heist? Bank. Stupid. (laughs) Stupid bank heist. It is not stupid, but it is a bank heist. But is this a stupid bank heist? No, that's why I said it's not stupid. (laughs) No, I thought you meant the answer's not stupid, but I was hoping this one would technically be a stupid (laughs) bank heist. No, it's not stupid at all. It's quite smart. Oh, okay. Actually, that's my second favourite, a smart bank heist. Yes. But it's not even, you know, super about the heist. I'll you'll you'll see as we go along. It's more about the character, the friendship, the friendship that we the friends we made along the way. Love that. Um, this has been suggested by Liz Lefevre, uh, who we've you know a long time supporter and the only suggester of this topic, and it's a great topic. Wow! So I thought um, special shout out. Yeah, special shout out to you, Liz, and great Le- suggestion. Lefevre that actually means uh, the fever in French. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And people don't like our off-topic stuff. Mm. <laughs> that wasn't technically part of it, but very interesting. Mm. <laughs> Did we not learn? Yeah, I'm writing that down. <laughs> the fever. Okay, so our story begins in May 1991 in Texas. A teller at uh, the American Federal Bank in Irving, Texas. The Hun. What? A teller? The Hun? You did. I think so. I'm sorry I didn't get it for a bit. Well, it was, it was quite a while between you saying a teller and me saying the hun. I, That's I it. Can... I was like, Irving the hun? <laughs> that was a real example of you listening to the words and then singing them after. <laughs> <laughs> That's my life. My brain is a little behind. A few seconds behind. I'm on a, a satellite delay in real time. <laughs> A teller the hun. Because that's funny. That is funny. That's, really that's funny. funny. And that's on me <laughs> that's for not, for that's not picking it up. That's actually really funny. It is, but it was about 10 minutes late. 
I'm also trying to build some suspense. Yeah, sorry. A teller in Irving, Texas. At the American Federal Bank. The Gre- Hun. Greets the, ne- <laughs> greets the next customer. A medium height, mid-40s white man with graying hair, a slight beer belly, and a beard, wearing a leather jacket, sunglasses, and a 10-gallon hat. <laughs> it's sound- Texas. That's not that weird. <laughs> he sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds very cool. I was like, that's funny. I like that you're saying cool. I'm like, this sounds like me a little bit. <laughs> You are white. Yes. You are medium height. Yeah. I'd say I'm slightly above yeah, average. Put me in there. I'm grey. We've got between you and me. We got <laughs> grey hair. We got this. slight beer belly and a beard. <laughs> yeah, I got, got those, beard. I got those ones. <laughs> Either of you have a leather jacket <laughs> all the uh, time. Yeah, those are leather. <laughs> I'm wearing one in summer. <laughs> I've definitely seen both of you in sunglasses yeah. and ten gallon hats. Mm. But that was just our our trip to the wild, <laughs> wild west. I'm more of an eight gallon kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, ten's too big. The man approached the teller and hands over a note. The note says, this is a bank robbery. Give me your money, no marked bills or die packs. The stunned teller complied, handing over a stack of cash from her drawer. The man nodded, sucked the money in a satchel and calmly walked out of the bank. I love the nod like, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, (laughs) tips the hat. (laughs) The man, who would be referred to as Cowboy Bob. (laughs) Cowboy's so great. Bob feels like like it takes away a little bit. What's a better cowboy name? Uh, cowboy Carl. <laughs> <laughs> cowboy Carl. But they say Cowboy Carl. 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 Cowboy Carl. The name's Carl. <laughs> cowboy Carl. What about Cowboy Craig? <laughs> cowboy Craig. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> they say names different over yeah, there. They do. But Cowboy Craig, that sounds better than Cowboy Craig. <laughs> yeah, that's, it that's does. That's true. Do they call him Daniel Craig? Oh, maybe. I've never heard that. Yeah, do I, they- I don't know. Starring Probably. Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I love it so much. It's good. So, everything about America makes me so happy. I love how place. they do things slightly differently. Yeah. Which I know we're really the ones doing things slightly differently because they're the big one. Oh, that's not fair. You know. Texas is pretty big. We're all doing stuff differently. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. That's a good this point. This place is smaller than us. Yeah. And I don't. I can't name any. We're pretty big land mass wise, yeah, but population true. wise. Yeah. Anyway, it's Cowboy Bob. Sorry, Cowboy Bob, not has Carl out. or Craig. He's taking the cat. Did he have a weapon, or did he just say this is a robbery? No weapon. I think there was a weapon implied. They're in Texas. He's wearing yeah. a big hat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But implied weapon. So no mask. No. Wow. And it's a real beard. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Brazen. Um, but they called him Cowboy Bob after a, a character from the comic strip Dennis the Menace. There was okay. a Cowboy Bob character, so it just that's where that came from. Okay. You know how he goes, no Mark Bills yeah. and no- No uh, die. Die. And they're like, okay. Would he know? How do you know? If, you'd have to check every note to see that there's no Mark Bills. Or mm. well, the die packs are- Probably a little more obvious, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, who knows? But I, I like that, and I like that he didn't speak, so he must have a real distinctive voice. <laughs> he goes, hey, Lil, <laughs> I'm Cowboy Bob. <laughs> and people are like, oh, that's Cowboy Bob. <laughs> they guessed his name anyway, so he didn't really end up saving himself. But <laughs> <laughs> there must be a reason he didn't, didn't speak, right? Ooh. I think you, you're overthinking things early. <laughs> That's not like me. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've gotten about four dot points in, and we're we're already you know we're throwing around a lot of a theories. lot of theories. How many dot points are we talking? This whole report. Oh fuck! So seven, many. eight. <laughs> so <laughs> many dot points. Wow. Okay. I break it up a lot. <laughs> Each I'll, word. I'll let you. Um, I'll finish let you get this dot point. A, a few more dot points before I say something stupid again. 
the man, who would be referred to as Cowboy Bob, robbed four more banks over the next year. Okay. From an article in allthatsinteresting.com, according to the teller's testimonies, Cowboy Bob was always calm, always unarmed, always polite, and always silent. He was thorough in his heist, steering clear of the security cameras and checking each bill for marks or die packs. So there you go. Was he a mime? Oh, was he miming a gun? Wow. Because oh. that is an implied weapon. <laughs> <laughs> it's also possible that he can't talk, obviously. Maybe. Or doesn't speak English. Yes, or has a very thick accent that would, which would give him away. Yeah. Like, for example. Uh, <laughs> I'll do an accent. You see if you can guess where it's from. Yeah. Give me the money. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he gets. <laughs> so I'm going to need a few more words. Sorry, I'm not getting it. <laughs> how much money? How much money do you want? Uh, give me all the money. <laughs> all of it. And my bills. <laughs> okay. What about what about a die pack? Do you want a die pack? Not die packs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I think we should call that guy Cowboy Bob. <laughs> now, was that your uh, Aus- Austrian? We'll find out because it's- Belgian. You'll find, you'll find out later. Okay, right, okay just got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was really fun. Um, so yeah, he, was, he would check for dye packs. Um, check. Which, for people who don't know, (laughs) (laughs) they're the little die-filled devices that are set off by radio, essentially. They they create a a lot of mess, which essentially means the money is useless and the robber can't use it and also usually sort of, you know, gives them away. Because they're walking around like a smurf. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to spend smurf money. Hello. (laughs) Here's here's seven smurf dollars. (laughs) Have they put Smurf on front of everything in yeah. Smurfland? Smurf Ollers or something. I'll get some those Smurf berries some- for seven Smurf dollars, please. He exited the bank, getting into his 1975 Pontiac Grand Prix. Oh, beautiful. And drove away calmly as to not attract further attention. It seemed to the police that Cowboy Bob had considered every small detail very carefully and planned out the robberies meticulously. His hat and glasses meant security cameras couldn't get a good look at his face, plus he seemed to purposefully avoid looking at the cameras or tilting his head that way anyway. Oh, you never you never eyeball the camera. You never. <laughs> Cut. This waving. is a real pro. <laughs> <laughs> He's not taking off his son. He's squeaking. <laughs> yeah. huh? He's not holding up What's his glasses to the camera. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I, I personally, I can't resist the camera. You love it. Mm. I see a camera and I just think, hey, the camera can't resist you. Yeah. <laughs> and I can never do it silently either. I've got to do a monologue. Yeah, you must. But that's you. I hand over my note. Now is the winter <laughs> of our discontent. <laughs> what? Put the money in the bag. <laughs> okay. Did you believe that? Do you want me to do that again? <laughs> He always wore gloves, so he left no fingerprints. He left the banks calmly, like I just said before, so um, meaning that no one could really give police further evidence of what he looked like because it was just a person leaving the bank. You weren't paying attention to it. So you see somebody running out of a bank right. with money flying off behind yeah. them and, that's and a other, gun, that's sus. That's another reason why you do a note so people aren't overhearing you. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And then there's a discussion as well probably. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Just read the note. Don't make me tap the note. Yeah, and he's got <laughs> everything in the note, you right. know. It's like no die, no mark bills, all the money. 
There's like, what questions do you have? But what if there was a question? If you hang on, got to write out a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they I, ask, think, I think. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. How's your day? Yeah. Yeah. Just, what denominations? Any? Yeah. Preference? Do you want me to open the safe and get what's in there as well? Yeah. Oh, I've said too much. You know. I'm a trainee. I'll have to get the manager. Is that okay? Yeah. I, I actually don't have access codes to even open this till. <laughs> I don't work here. <laughs> you walked up to a random person in the bank. <laughs> the teller's over there. <laughs> You didn't mention in the note if I could press this secret security button or yeah. not. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Just wanted to double check if that's okay <laughs> with you. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. He was in and out, usually in around 60 seconds. It's wow. quick. Um, police were baffled and very frustrated. He was making me start to pull my hair out, said former agent Steve Powell to the Texas Monthly. Steve Powell comes up a lot. Um, how could this thin little dried up cowboy be whipping us this bad time after time? <laughs> He's whipping us. Oh, so he's a thin little. Keeps getting away. Gosh. So that was May 1991. In December 1991, Cowboy Bob struck again, stealing 1200 bucks from the Savings of America, um, which is also located in Irving. This time an eyewitness was able to write down the licence plate number of the Grand Prix, okay. the Pontiac. So he's still driving around the same car. Same car. What's the number plate? I don't, I don't have it. Cowboy Bob. I'm not doxing anybody. Seaboy. Seaboy. He's also stealing a smallish amount of money each time. Which well, is, this is, is in 1991. That's not a cro- – that's, you know like – he's, like, he's not um, – Was it 1,200 or 12,000? 1,200. 1,200. Oh, yeah, 1,200 not heaps, like- but he's going to, like, one teller. He's not sort of – it's not – it's a it's a one-man operation. If you've yeah. got a heap of people, maybe some people get into the vault and get all the good stuff. Or- oh, you're saying less overheads. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but he's lost- just like in and out real quick, just whatever that teller's That's got, right. I'll take it. He sounds like he's living paycheck to paycheck or bank robbery to bank mm. robbery. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's more than 1200 in today's money, but you're right. It's not like life-changing money just yet. I saw maybe my favourite ever um, personalised number plate the other day. Oh, and I hate most of them. Yeah, me too. This one was- Sharon. Good. <laughs> no numbers as letters. How stoked would Sharon- I feel Sharon's like Sharon- Sharon's got it. Sharon, like- You wouldn't even try. Sharon feels like a person- A person named Sharon feels like the kind of person who might want to get a personalised number plate as well. So, that's like a high demand one. Mm. That's not like Dennis sh- or something. I don't think Dennis is out there. <laughs> There's like A normal Dennis isn't going, oh. I want to get my car named after me. They're ashamed of their name. I wonder if Dennis Sharon's is available. Sharon's a proud. Do you reckon Dennis is available? Can you look proud, it up? Proud. Uh, yeah, I think you can. One time at a shopping centre I used to work at as a teen, I saw a car that's number plate was Jesse, but no fives for S's. Oh, yeah. They got it. They got Jesse. <sighs> I was You'd- like, holy shit. Wouldn't you be sweating the whole time yes! until it's delivered? You're going, there must be some mistake here. <laughs> There's no way. I, could- I must have to get I can't at least be- one five. <laughs> yeah. Or a three. <laughs> if people aren't squinting at-, at a number plate going, hang on. Mm. What does this mean? Yeah, very confusing. I saw, three. I saw once the number plate was V. Whoa. Just v. That was it. For Vendetta? I reckon. Or for wow. five. Five. Maybe that was their fifth car. It was a badass looking black, <laughs> black, you know, expensive looking. That was their fifth car. Yeah. They, do you reckon they number them all? Now I want to egg that car. Could have been one of the members of the band five. Oh. I, can't, I don't think I can name one. They don't. They didn't have. Most of those boy bands had a famous member. Oh, what's no? I think there was one that was more famous than the others. What was his name? I had a crush on Richie from Five. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Is there Scott as well? Scott was in there. Yes. Mm. Bloody hell! Hang on. We've on. Let's keep going. We can name them all. They're not household names, you know. Like NSYNC had Justin Timberlake. Uh, Robbie Williams's band had Robbie Williams. Take that. Take that. 
Backstreet Boys take had- Take that, Robbie Williams. <laughs> Backstreet Boys had Howie and Kevin. No. Who's the one from Backstreet Boys? The Bond guy. Nick. Nick Carter. Brian's the other one. <laughs> the um, Five also had a guy called Abs. Abs. That's probably who I was thinking of. Is Abs that not Love. Scott? Abs Love. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, guys, I just, like, we just got the license plate. Oh, this oh, is big. Great. What is it? No, I don't. <laughs> Jess doesn't want to dox him. I've, like, I've worked hard on this report trying to, like, build some suspense and, like, tell an interesting story. So, Cowboy with Bob. With twists and turns and, you know, and you guys are just like, what's the license plate? So they've got they've got the license plate. Great. We've, they've got the number of the Grand Prix. This is fantastic. FBI agents are thrilled. They're like, we freaking got him. Wow. Easy. So they tracked down the license plate, converge on the owner's house, which wasn't far from the bank, a bit audacious, robbing Ooh. a bank so close to home. Inside the house, they found a lady sitting in her living room, confused as to why police were banging on her he door. stole a lady? He stole a lady. What? She told him she hadn't left the house that day, and she took them outside to see her car, which was a red Chevrolet. Whoa. It's the wrong kind of car. What has happened here? It was only then that she noticed that her license plates were missing. He's a genius. Cowboy Bob. FBI agent surmised that the actual thief had stolen the plates earlier in the day and put them on his car, throw them off the scent. Oh, that's clever. Very good. But his car sounds distinctive. What's it called again? It's a it's a Pontiac Grand Prix. I don't think it's a... It sounds like it should be distinctive. Maybe it's not. And it was a 1970 something? 1975. I don't think it's super uncommon. I don't. I mean, I'm not a car expert if you are and you're listening and you're like, nah, Oh, nah, it's a sick car. I... Holy oh yeah, shit. oh it's it's a great looking car, but I don't know if it was necessarily like really unheard of, you know. Right. What Oh, that's a beauty. Okay. You just watched a YouTube video now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beauty. Check out this clip. <laughs> that's it's real so funny. Good. Look at that. Oh yeah, Holy it's, and it's just sick. It's, a car. it's probably about that sort of brown colour too. Oh my god. That's like a long low rider type. Also, I've got some bad news for you, Matt. If you're gonna buy that car, there's a number plate you will not be allowed to put on there. And that is Sharon. Dennis. Dennis. Oh no, Dennis this combo been taken. is unavailable <laughs> in Victoria. I mean, I could can we just, get do go on? Oh my god, that really doesn't. It feels like Dennis isn't the kind of person who goes out there putting his name on his car. I don't know. It's available. Do go on's available. <laughs> we can get do go on. Holy can, shit! Can we get a company car? <laughs> let's get a van. No, let's, let's get, get a Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Or that or a combi van. Okay. My dream car is genuinely a combi van. Combi vans are sick. Let's get a combi van. Well, you, well, let's get the number plate first. Can you purchase that, Dave, while Jess is babbling <laughs> on about what it, whatever this story is? <laughs> Select style. Oh, my gosh. I just want the listeners to know that, you know, put a lot of effort into this one and it's a fun story. It's a, I'm so into it. Uh, this, all right, we'll make it. this our next Patreon bonus episode will be us picking our car and number plate combo. <laughs> but until then, Jess, please do go on. So, yeah, the thief stolen the plates. Another time the plates actually matched the type of car, the 1975. That's clever. Pontiac Grand Prix. So police thought perhaps Cowboy Bob had been a little cocky this time or perhaps careless and had forgotten to replace his real licence plates with fakes before committing one of his robberies. So, again, they're like, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> we got him. So let's surround the house with SWAT team. The licence plate brought police to a Dallas car dealer named Pete Tallis, although other sources say he worked at a Ford Auto parts factory. Pete Tallis from Pete Dallas. Pete Tallis from Dallas. Wow. Tallis was arrested, but police were disappointed to learn that while Tallis did technically own a 1975 Pontiac Grand Prix, he'd bought it uh, for his mother and sister. His mum was unwell and his sister was a primary caregiver, gave it to them to use. Um, and now they're using it to rob banks. To get yeah. money. <laughs> 
ridiculous. <laughs> but the cops aren't heartless. They're going to let a sick woman pose as Cowboy Bob and Rob Banks. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> what do you think? 1200 bucks at a time, whatever. Let her keep it. Yeah. You know, hospital bills and stuff is expensive. So, so, so they're expensive. like, expensive. <laughs> so they're like, has the car been stolen from Pete's sister? Or was her car being used by someone else to commit the crimes? Was she an accomplice in some way? So they tracked down Pete's sister, Peggy Jo Tallis, expecting to find that she lived with a boyfriend who police would find to be the bank robber. <laughs> Surely Peggy Jo must be like the bonnie to this guy's Clyde. She's got to know about it. If he's using her car to rob banks, she has to know about it. Behind every great Peggy. Let's get my buff. Agreed. So upon making a visit to Peggy Joe's house, though, they realised how wrong they were. Where they expected to find a wild young woman, there was a middle-aged motherly figure who lived in a modest two-bedroom house with her ailing mother. They asked if she had a boyfriend or a husband. She said no. They asked if she'd heard of the recent string of bank robberies. Also no. They asked if anyone else had access to her car or had borrowed it. Agent Powell asked her, now come on, who's been with you? Where is he? And blankly, Peggy Joe replied, I'm the only one that's in this vehicle. There's nobody else. So this seemed to be another dead end. Standing in front of them was a middle-aged woman who worked part-time to try and support herself and her sick mother. When profiling works in your favour, well, it's a woman, middle-aged, she can't be connected. Boyfriend. Where's your yeah. boyfriend? You heard of these robberies? No. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> that's it then. Hasn't heard Wouldn't of it. challenge this any further. Her story was backed up by family members, all of whom insisted that she had no boyfriend and no time for a boyfriend. <laughs> she's got no boyfriend. <laughs> Trust me. She's got a boyfriend? Yeah. Good one. Nice try. So they like they're desperate. So they have a look around her home anyway, and that's when they found in her bedroom closet. Uh oh, cowboy Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and he handed them a note and it said, "Rut roll." <laughs> <laughs> no, they found in her closet a mannequin head with a fake beard on it. <gasps> Men's clothing, <gasps> a cowboy hat, no, and a shit ton of cash, no, and again. Police questioned her as to where the man was. <laughs> so there funny. has to be a man. Which man fits these clothes? <laughs> then Pal noticed something he hadn't before. Flecks of grey hair dye in her hair and a thin line of glue on her upper lip. Only then did it click in his brain. There was no man. Peggy Jo Tallis was Cowboy Bob. Why does she still have the glue on her lip? I think she just robbed a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I think that what had recently happened. Oh, man. And it, it was so close to them just going, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, huh? dead end. That's Well, I guess amazing. we'll leave you to it then, wow. man. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, so, Peggy Joe. Peggy Joe, so, tell us. So that's so that's the probably the real reason why she didn't use her voice. Yeah. Uh. Is that it would have uh, given away. Would have been a little bit. That she was in disguise. Amazing. Mm. So let's go back a little bit. Let's find Must out. Must have been a pretty good fake beard. Yeah, maybe. even you thought it, was, it looked real when asked before. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> you were convinced yourself. I was trying to get some kind of fuck. I wanted it to be a reveal. And you're that- like, well, why are they talking? They must have an interesting voice. I'm like, you fucking <laughs> shut up. Shut up. My guess is it's probably some sort of middle-aged woman. <laughs> Doesn't have a boyfriend. <laughs> I even saw as you figured it out before I'd got to it. And I, in my head, I was begging you. I was like, shut up. I hadn't, I, fully, really? I hadn't figured it out. Oh, no. I thought like a few sentences before nah, you were like, oh. I was, I was, no, nah, I, I didn't. Yeah. I thought that was another genuine dead end and you were going to be like, anyway, we're going to move on to another suspect. Anyway. They keep badgering these poor middle-aged women with old mums. Who were just like, I'm just sitting in my house. Why are you yelling at me? It's just me. 
I think it's funny when you. I feel the same when I've got a report that's got a a reveal in it. It's like when you're you, you know you've got a, you're doing a surprise party or something. Yeah, and you're like they know they know they know yeah. they know they're thinking about something entirely yeah. different. Don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> yeah, and the little details that you're picking up on because I know the story. I'm like, no, don't mention that because you're going to give it away to everybody. No, it's yeah. fine. I also I love now you. Mention that, and then they notice for the first time a bit of glue on the lip. I can imagine that in a TV adaptation. Yeah, camera zooms in, like the sheriff just makes eye contact, reaches for the gun. She reaches, you know, it's like, yeah, oh! yeah, yeah, super tense. She reaches for the clag, <laughs> does a bunch of like, like flashback kind of things where the police officer can like see her putting on the, a mustache yeah. and it's like, oh, hang on a second, puts it all together. So let's go back a little bit. Born in June of 1944, Peggy Jo Tallis was the youngest of three children raised solely by their mother after their father died of cancer when Peggy Jo was four years old. While her siblings were active participants in high school activities, mainly sport, Peggy Jo dropped out of school in 10th grade. Her childhood friend Karen Jones says she told me there was just too much else to do in life than spend so many days at school. Peggy Jo, preach. <laughs> know what I mean? Every day at school? Come on. Come on. It's this cookie cutter thing, isn't it? School. We're not all the kids aren't the same. Yeah. Well, how do we think that they can all just go into this classroom and be taught by one person in the same way? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you want to think about a Free lot? Free the kids. <laughs> Free the kids. <laughs> do you want to think about a lot one time is in a science class, I didn't understand how to figure something out. And so I went to the teacher for help, right? A crazy yeah. thought, okay. I know. Um, because I wanted to understand. It's not, my, it's not how my brain works. I'm a creative. And I went up and I was like, I just want to, could you just help me? And she just stared at me. She said nothing and just stared at me. Handed you a note that said, hand over, hand over the, the money. <laughs> and I was like, what? This is a weird school. I look around, I'm in a bank. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a science lab at all. <laughs> oh, God, I'm lost again. So, did you ever get an answer? No, she just stared at me sort of in that way of like, you figure it out. Like, come on, figure it out yourself. Until I just kind of looked back at her and, and she didn't say anything for ages. So I went, oh, okay, I get it now. And I went back to my desk. I still have no idea. Yeah. Just help me. It's when you become an adult, you do realize that a lot of teachers are really weird units. Some are incredible. Like, teachers <laughs> yeah. are amazing. And then oh, I there's, love them. It, there's like a, there's a small percentage of them. There's a couple in every school that are just like. This is for you, you're like, yeah. that's, that's just a strange person or yeah. someone going through some, some stuff. But yeah, when you're yeah, a teenager, yeah. you're not thinking about that. No. As it would be the same in any field, probably. For sure. Yeah. But yeah. not in podcasting. They're all normies. Or <laughs> uh, the exact opposite of that. <laughs> no, no, no. We're all real cool. <laughs> yeah. People ask me science questions all the time and just stare at them. I just stare at them. I was picturing, remember that Tony Abbott video where he's asked a question by a journalist and he just stared like Tony, you're not saying anything. <laughs> Tony, you're not saying anything. <laughs> I've given you the answer you deserve. I was thinking we should, we, um, I, I might do a Patreon bonus episode one day where I count down the top <laughs> 10 funniest slash weirdest moments in politics. Great. So I'd have that Bush, uh, can't get fooled again. Yeah. And have now that- watch this drive. <laughs> Abbott, Abbott eating one. the onion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abbott not talking. That one won't work so well. On <laughs> Abbott doing a creepy wink. Oh, yeah. Radio that. that was a gross one. Just do top Abbott, ten Abbott. Abbott, Abbott, Abbott. Abbott and Bush. Abbott and Bush, largely, Abbott yeah. Abbott v. Bush. What a great comedy combo they would be. Yeah. Biden's got Bush a few good Abbott? ones uh, in the last couple of years, I think. Yeah. I mean, Trump's, Trump is- he, he played his role. Yeah. <laughs> Have we had any other funny ones? No, ours have all been Brad cool. trying to be funny. Fair suck of the sauce bottle. <laughs> Got a zip. <laughs> Fair suck of the sauce bottle. That's not how you consume sauce. Anyway, so Peggy Jo, she, she's out of school. She's like, nah, there's better things to do. This is something Karen 
continues to say, and what was most special about her was that she loved doing things other kids didn't do. She once drove me around looking for stray dogs to adopt, and then she took me over to Yellow Belly Drag Strip just to watch cars race. Remember, this is the 1950s. Like, this free-spirited attitude is a little unheard of. Karen told the story of one day Peggy Jo decided to drive to San Francisco to see what life was like there. I looked it up. It's about 1,700 miles from Grand Prairie, Texas to San Fran, or 2,700 Ks, about a 26-hour drive. Whoa. <laughs> Just gets in the car and takes off. I'm going to go check out San Fran, see what life's like there. It's pretty cool. Can you put that in Aussie terms? Or that's Melbourne to, like, beyond Brisbane, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, wow. It's a big drive. Um, and, you know, hopefully did it over a couple of days. Yeah. You know? Got to have a few power naps in. 26 hours, you can't drive. Bad for your back. As well. right, but you do that over three days, you start to lose enthusiasm. Do I really care what it's like over there? Yeah, <laughs> do I care what life's like in San Francisco? And you start thinking about every hour you're driving out. That's an hour you're oh, driving out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate... Your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also... Not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Um, so it's a pretty wild and impulsive thing to do. She returned with books of poetry to share with her friend. I laughed and thought, of all people, Peggy Jo's been off reading poetry in San Francisco, Karen said. <laughs> of all people. Of all people. But that's this, just who she was. This idiot. That's just who she was, always ready for an adventure. That's so funny. Of all people. Of all people. The person who's always ready for an adventure. <laughs> of reading poetry. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. In the same sentence saying, never would have guessed her. Of course it was her. Yeah. Hey, what? Yeah. She was always up to something interesting and fun and loved the arts. Reading poetry, crazy. 
Um, in her 20s, Peggy Jo was living in an apartment in North Dallas and working as a receptionist at a Marriott hotel. She met Terry Young at work and the two became good friends, hitting the town nearly every night. Okay. Now, is Terry Young Cherry. Cowboy Bob? Cherry. Oh, ch- no, it's not. No. Cherry. Won't be Cherry. How good's Cherry, though? Cherry's That's great. Yeah. Cherry Young? Cherry Young. Holy shit. Superb. Great name. A lot of this biography info is coming from a great article from the Texas Monthly, which I'll link in the show notes as well. It was written by a writer with probably one of the best names I've ever heard in my life. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Skip Hollinsworth. Oh, my God. That's not Skip. a real person. Yeah, Skip Hollinsworth. Holy from shit. From Texas. Skip Hollinsworth. I think so. Will. Yeah, he writes for the Texas Monthly. He's, a, he's an executive. Now, where do you put that that? compared to last week we had a journalist called Parmigiana Olsen. <laughs> and now I know that was our name for them. What was the actual first name? Parmy. Parmy Olsen. Parmy Olsen. Parmigiana Olsen. <laughs> I, mm, Parmigiana Olsen is good. But Skip, Skip Hollinsworth? Yeah. Hollinsworth. They're both. I, I really wish someone would go back to the start and just collate all the great names we've come across. Yeah. Because there's so many, I Too forget many. them all. Yeah. And we wouldn't know the context for ninety percent of them because no. they'd be like an art, someone in an article, or like a passing. Yeah, we'd need character name, one sentence summary of who the hell yeah. they are. <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved this part uh, that Skip wrote in his article. It's a great article. This is what this is from Skip. Peggy Joe always drove her little burgundy Fiat, gunning the engine, racing other cars from stoplight to stoplight. They hit all the great Dallas nightclubs, Soul City, The Fog, <laughs> and. The- <laughs> And the filling station on Greenville Avenue, ordering cores, playing pool and flirting with men. They went to see the Doors and the Doobie Brothers and even the Rolling Stones screaming at the top of their lungs wow. as a young, wrinkle-free Mick Jagger gyrated madly across the stage. <laughs> Beautiful words, Skip. Yeah, he goes why, on, why are you bringing up Jagger's wrinkle-freeness? Because it was a long time ago, so he wasn't old. Because <laughs> everyone's picturing old Mick Jagger yeah. back then. Not funny. <laughs> 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 Doobie Brothers, that's that's pretty sick. That's one of the great band names. Absolutely. You heard of the Doobie Brothers? We got one of them. <laughs> Skip goes on. Peggy Joe took Cherry to a coffee house where amateur poets read out of their notebooks. They also went to see movies. Peggy Joe's favourite, which she saw over and over, was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford, the movie tells the story of the famous bank and train robbing duo who lived in the last days of the Old West. Two good-natured Robin Hood-like outlaws who never believed that what they were doing was wrong because they never hurt innocent bystanders and they always robbed from institutions that took advantage of downtrodden citizens. Although Butch and Sundance knew that they had little chance of survival, they refused to walk away from the life they loved, and they ended up in South America, still robbing banks, finally dying in a hail of gunfire. That was her favourite movie. And I love that Skip tells you the plot summary. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I love that. That's a spoiler. I haven't seen that. Okay. Thanks, Skip. But uh, oh, honestly, is that the hottest combo of leading men ever in oh a film? Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Robert Redford, Paul Newman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Am I right? Yes, you are right. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> uh, not their value, but their value. Yeah. But their value. You know oh what I mean? God. Like, not their value, but value. Yeah. There is some value yeah, Not there. their value, but cash out. Yeah. <laughs> Cha-ching. Cha-ching. <laughs> Cherry later recalled that her friend Peggy Joe didn't seem as concerned with things her peers were thinking about. Careers, marriage, kids, security. Peggy Joe wanted enough to pay her bills and keep a roof over her head and a little left over for a few drink with friends. She was just sort of like, I'm happy just getting by. Her dream was to save up and one day move to Mexico and live on the beach. Cherry said she was beautiful and she was rambunctious. Oh, my God. She always told me that deep down she was wild at heart. 
Wild she was. <laughs> she could get a little feisty at times. One evening she was pulled over by a police officer for speeding and she laughed at him and tore the ticket up in his face. That's <laughs> pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. That's- I love this kind of person who is leading a, a wild life telling their friends, you know what, I'm really wild at heart, yeah. deep down. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like you do crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not deep down at all. That's very <laughs> surface level wild. Deep down, something I'm suppressing is... <laughs> I'm pretty crazy. I'm pretty something wild. Something you wouldn't know about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something you probably haven't noticed uh, now. I cocked that Long within friendship. the first minute of knowing you. Yeah. You, I, yeah, I go out with you with a sense of fear and dread because I don't know what you're going to do. When we get in the car, I'm holding on to the, <laughs> the seat, the roof. I've had rally car, like, seat harnesses put into your car. Got a roll cage put in. I'll wear a helmet when we go for a walk along the beach. <laughs> I know you're wild. <laughs> I'm scared to end this friendship because I don't know what you'll do. So I live in fear. <laughs> Cherry also recalled a time they were out at a restaurant in Fort Worth and they had a bit of an argument. Cherry left the restaurant to cool off. And in the meantime, Peggy Joe walked outside and saw an unlocked pickup truck with keys in the ignition. Oh, my God. She jumped in and took off. <laughs> Police eventually caught up with her and she was arrested, pled guilty to a felony charge of unauthorised use of a motor vehicle and received a five-year probated sentence. Is that different to stealing a car? If they've left the keys in it and it's unlocked. Are you saying unauthorised use use of a motor vehicle? Unauthorised use instead of grand theft theft or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. But also I like that um, because this is like Cherry's telling of the story and she's like, oh, I left and definitely wasn't there. Yeah. I'm like- Cherry, were you there? <laughs> know what I mean? Where were you, Cherry? Yeah, your memory of it is pretty vivid, Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> so she had a little bit of a wild streak, could be a little impulsive in some decisions. But, you know, people are complex. Um, and Peggy Joe's niece also recalls in the Texas Monthly article how warm and nurturing her aunt was. She says, when she came over to babysit me and my brothers, she made up funny games for us to play. She cooked us popcorn. I mean, cooking popcorn. A bit of cooked us popcorn. <laughs> Dave, is that, would you count that as one of the meals you can yes, cook? That is, that's cooking. Like when someone tells me that, that making nachos isn't cooking nachos. <laughs> it's fucking cooking. I'm putting them in the oven. I'm putting the popcorn on the stove. Where do you draw the line? Is toast cooking? Yes. You're cooking that. Okay, uncooked toast. Sure, that's bread. Yeah. Cooked bread? You're looking at toast. That's okay, true. bowl of cereal. Putting milk on cereal. Is that cooking? No heat. Okay. <laughs> heat applies. Heat the so warm milk? Oh, if you boiled that milk, <laughs> yeah. like this morning I had porridge for breakfast, oats on the stove. I cooked that bad yeah. boy. Yeah, okay. okay. Cooked oats. Yeah, okay. Cooked porridge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. cooked popcorn. It's good to know. <laughs> I mean, it's not praiseworthy for an article, no. but technically that's cooking. Okay. You know. So, it's the heat is the key. She's just a yeah. niece recalling nice memories, I guess, so. Yeah. Yeah, you don't cook a salad, you prepare a salad. Right. So, it's combining at least two, no, not even two ingredients, because popcorn's just one ingredient. So, it's one- what, ingredient want, and heat. If is you want cooking. dull, flavorless popcorn, you gotta add butter. You gotta add salt. What if it's like a pasta salad where you've had to cook the pasta first? And then oh yeah, you've cooked cool. that pasta. So that's a cooked salad. Cook the pasta, prepare the salad. Okay, oh, okay. okay. Combine the two. Yeah, right. Wow, busy day for Jess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a two-person job. <laughs> Anyway, her niece recalling. She cooked us popcorn. Then at the end of the night, she told us ghost stories. She truly had a heart of gold. She scared the shit out of us. Yeah. <laughs> Gave us nightmares. Yeah, the stories were just her life. She got me real hopped up on salt. <laughs> Peggy Joe Tallis's carefree and wild life hit a few setbacks by the mid-70s. She'd fallen in love with a man who lived near Dallas and was feeling- Okay, ho- this is going to be Cowboy Bob. 
Mm. Finally. Finally. We made him. New, next twist. Um, was feeling hopeful about a shared future. But Karen Young said a few months later the relationship was over. Peggy Joe had gone to the town with a man and lived. killed him. No. <laughs> and seen his car in a parking lot. She went over to say hello, only to find a woman behind the wheel. After a quick chat, Peggy Joe discovered this woman was driving her husband's car oh. that day. Peggy Joe had no idea the man she'd fallen in love with was married and she was completely devastated. Oh. And not long after that heartbreak, she moved into an apartment in Irving to live with her mother who was um, battling a degenerative bone disease. She was, in a way, forced to settle down for a while and put some of her carefree dreams away. She worked at a nearby computer factory and later took an office job for a mobile home construction company. Her closest friends got married and Cherry moved away. And although she apparently had plenty of chances to start another relationship, she was pretty keen to keep her distance from men. I don't think she was ever able to get over the pain of the betrayal from the married man, Karen said. I think she decided to be alone. So this wild young woman with dreams of adventure and freedom had found herself middle-aged and somewhat isolated. Her mother's medical bills were overwhelming and the financial and emotional stress of being a carer for her mother was incredibly you know, hard. From Texas Monthly again, I think... She- She was beginning to feel like she could never catch up, said Cherry, who occasionally came down from Oklahoma City to visit. She was just too proud to ask anyone for help. She liked helping people. She didn't want people to help her. Cherry paused. And there's another thing that was going on with her, she finally said. This is hard to explain, but I think Peg was starting to feel, well, like her life was slipping away. It's the way women get sometimes. Cherry, don't you speak for all of us. Mine slipped away years ago. (laughs) not slipping it's gone you get you get to a place in your life and you start looking back and you say to yourself that it's not working out the way you hoped you think everything is slipping away and you feel i don't know crazy you want to scream or something cherry paused again i think peg missed being wild at heart skip hollandsworth beautiful words Mm. now this article's written pretty sympathetically towards peggy joe it's you know it's all about it focuses a lot on like, oh, you know, she was fun and wild and free and now she has to care for people. And oh, because uh. of this freaking married man. How do you reckon that came up in the convo? So she says, oh, oh, you're, oh, 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 hey, I'm how sorry, are you I'm doing? I'm sorry to, uh, to bother you. I, I thought this was my friend's car. Yeah. Uh, I must have got the wrong car. And then she might have said, oh, it's my husband's car. Oh, that's good. Oh, how nice. Oh, yeah, your husband's car. Jerry, this is Jerry's car. Ah, yeah, how do you explain who you are? Oh, I'm a friend of Jerry's. Um, That's sus. Uh, Men can't have women friends. No, no, we- I'm, I'm an re- enemy of Jerry's. I uh, read his poetry. Jerry oh, doesn't write poetry. Oh, uh, no, no, love letters. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> like she's protecting him from some, for some reason. Yeah. Maybe protecting the wife. Yeah, who knows? The wife. The wife. So, yeah, it's, it's quite sympathetic towards Peggy Joe. You can see some of the motivation behind- why she did what she did, financial stress, feeling like there's no escape from it, also just feeling like you've lost a part of yourself that used to be so important. And then loving the movie about a couple of bank robbers. Yeah. Yeah. Being inspired by film. Cowboy uh, bank guilty. robbers too. <laughs> We've all been guilty. Yeah. Being inspired by film. Yeah. Okay. That's why I took up modelling because of Zoolander. Yeah. <laughs> You're so good at it. Working out for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he can turn left. Um, after the FBI's Steve Powell interviewed bank employees and watched the surveillance tapes, he had no doubt he was dealing with a professional bank robber. Texas Monthly again. Peggy Joe did not commit any of the amateur mistakes that many first-time bank robbers make. She kept her head down so security cameras could not get a good shot of her face. She didn't fidget as the teller read her note. 
During those long seconds that ticked away as the tellers pulled the money out of her drawer, she remained absolutely silent, saying nothing. Then came that long walk out of the bank, when she had to be wondering if a security guard she'd not seen was coming up behind her, a gun in his hand. But she did not break into a run, nor did she squeal away in her car, running red lights and drawing more attention to herself. So she just kind of very calmly left the bank, got in the car, drive away. That's so badass. That is real badass. It is pretty badass. You can just quietly walk away. But also just the fact that she's wearing a fake beard. Yeah. And no one ever went, well, that that's someone wearing a fake beard, possibly a woman. You know? Like, yeah, none yeah. of the tellers ever said she always. She must have done a very good job with her, her costumes. Yeah. Managing to evade police, Peggy Jo struck a few more times. In January 92, she hit Texas Heritage Bank in Garland for approximately $3,000. It's a bit better money. In May, she got uh, $5,300 from Nations Bank in the adjoining suburb of Mesquite. Now we're talking. And in September, Cowboy Bob robbed First Gibraltar Bank in Mesquite of $1,700. Police arrived quickly, followed 10 minutes by FBI, and they tracked the license plate to a Mesquite resident who, predictably, went outside to his driveway to find his license plate missing. So good. So they get there pretty quickly after the bank's been hit. FBI close behind. Um, I really hope that she didn't get done. The crime wasn't a theft of money, but it was unlawfully borrowing yeah. money. <laughs> Unlawful use of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While agents were conducting their investigations at First Gibraltar Bank, a call came in that Mesquite's first interstate bank, another bank only about a mile away, had just been robbed by a man in a beard, a cowboy hat, a leather coat, and gloves. And this time, $13,700 Whoa. had been taken. It's a big time. Cowboy Bob is at it again, shouted Pal, <laughs> jumping in his car and racing towards Damn first you, interstate. Bob. Son of a bitch, he said, apparently. <laughs> son it of a bitch. It has that big vibe. I'll, so I'll get you, goddamn ro- son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> robbed one bank, robbed another bank a mile down the road. That's sick. Back to back. The other thing is that like after, over like six months or whatever this is, you think that they'd start, I suppose it's Texas, you're right, start to look out for someone with a beard, a long leather jacket, <laughs> a cowboy hat. I just realised that, yes, that's probably less. Yeah. Oh, no, Texas Ranger <laughs> Walker's been taken <laughs> in. <laughs> so that kind of brings us back to the point of the story where we left off, with Agent Powell realising that Peggy Joe Tellis was the bank robber he had been chasing. Uh, he read Peggy Joe her rights and, and drove her to the downtown FBI office where other agents were waiting. Gentlemen, Powell said, Cowboy Bob is actually Cowboy Babette. Oh, God, was he workshopping that? I in the whole drive to figure oh someone out. She's in the back. He's like, what do you reckon if I say this? Babette. You must have been so proud of it, hey? Babette. That's- ah, ah, standing, standing ovation. Punch up, please. Cowboy Babs. Cowboy Babs. It's still shit, isn't it? But it's still bad. But it's better than Babette. Cowgirl Bob? <laughs> yeah, that'd be better. That's better. He it would be clearer. He would have been so proud of himself. The, the, I feel like everyone would, would have been like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> room goes silent with confusion. And then, and then Peggy Joe's like, I told you it wouldn't work. I yeah. Said, Fuck. Honestly, let's, let's go out and come back in. Try the one yeah. I suggested. Let's remember, this is a guy who took a few extra beats to realise that the clothing and hat and fake beard didn't belong to his to a man. <laughs> Which, in a sense, is kind of understandable because it's estimated <laughs> that women commit less than 5% of uh, of bank robberies that yeah. take place in the US. Uh, this article was written in 2005. We won't have equality until 50%. 50%. But this was written in 2005 and there was like 7,600 bank robberies that year. Wow. And so it's less, less than 5%. We're never going to run out of reports. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Um, and only a few of those women who 
rob more than a, a bank or two before they quit or get caught. So for it to be this long streak over a year, um, statistically, it's understandable why they assumed it had to be a man, but still when in her closet <laughs> is a fake beard and the hat, you're like- You've tracked hmm. down already the yeah, number plate. Yeah. And- I love the idea that he still walks into custody. Guys, turns out Cowboy Bob is married <laughs> to Cowboy Babette. <laughs> We're still still on the can't hunt. get the guy. She's the for being Bob. pretty tight-lipped about <laughs> yeah. where hubby is. Yeah, she just won't. She won't, we're going to crack it. <laughs> so she's arrested, and although she remained pretty tight-lipped about uh, about you know everything that had happened, she eventually pleaded guilty to the robberies. A few things worked in her favour when it came to sentencing. The fact that she'd never used a weapon of any kind during the robberies meant. It, her sentence wasn't going to be as long. Plus, she was white and the defence really leaned into the, oop, looked like she just went a bit crazy. Ah. Really lent into that. Middle-aged, soft-spoken, pretty white lady. Um, they went, oh, I think she just sort of snapped. Yeah. She went a bit nuts. She's That's sorry, what, though. That is less illegal. She's sorry. She went, ooh, she yeah. went a bit loopy. She had a little, you know, she had a moment. Who amongst us hasn't had a moment? Probably menopause. You know, they probably, they really lent into it, which is real fun. <laughs> um, so she was sentenced to 33 months in federal prison, so just under three years, which she served. And unlike everyone- And she got to keep the cash. She got to keep the cash. So that's waiting for her when she gets out, which is great. And accumulating interest. Yeah. Unlike everyone else who goes to prison, Peggy Joe actually hated being locked up. Oh. Yeah, she didn't like it. Well, no. she is wild at heart. Exactly. She can't. You How can wanna... you cage this, yeah, this wild, wild bird? <laughs> bird. <laughs> bird. <laughs> when- <laughs> bird. <laughs> That's your character again. <laughs> Robin a bank. Put the bird in a cage. <laughs> when family visited, she refused to talk about the robberies other than to say it would never happen again. Learn my lesson. So she's released from prison. It's like the mid-90s by this time. She and her mother moved to a new area, away from the people who know she was a bank robber. So she got a job as a cashier at a marina at Lake Ray Hubbard outside of Dallas. And life seemed to settle. And Peggy Jo earned a new reputation around town, one very different to her bank robbing days. She was one of our best employees, said Susie Leslie, who was then the manager at the marina. Not once did the money in the cash register come up short on her shift. And what I loved about Peggy Joe was that she checked on the lower income customers. She was constantly pulling out her own money to help some of the families pay for bait. And I know she used to wow. give some money to a man out here who had been in prison and was still down on his luck. One day I asked her why she did that. And she said, well, we've all got a past, you know. So she kind of, it's like she learned her lesson. She was like, I'm going to help, help out other people. That's lovely. But why is the paper interviewing this marina owner? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> she lived a pretty quiet, somewhat isolated life. She'd lost touch with her old friends, Karen and Cherry. She spent um, all of her time outside of work looking after her aging mother. In December 2002, her mother, Helen, died peacefully in her sleep at the age of 83. Susie said she was relieved her mother was no longer in pain, yet you could tell she was still heartbroken. She couldn't talk about Helen without tears coming to her eyes. Yeah, like, fair enough. At Helen's funeral, Peggy Joe and her brother Pete reconciled. They hadn't really been on the best terms for quite some time. Pete, before. this sounds like a cowboy Bob type. <laughs> <laughs> You're still looking for him. <laughs> well, it's obviously not the It can't be Peggy Joe. Peggy Joe. She's taken the fall for somebody yeah. else. <laughs> she later went to the annual Christmas dinner that Pete and his wife put on for the Talis family. She was friendly to all of us and she loved on the kids. And when I asked her what she was going to do now, she said she had some plans, Pete said, but she never told me what they were. So you didn't ask follow-up questions? Rude. Bad mm. conversationalist. 
couple of years went by and Peggy Jo was now 60 years old. She bought an RV in 2004 and told Susie it was time for her to move on. She said she was going to put some money together and head down to Padre Island or to Mexico and live on the beach like she'd always wanted to, Susie that recalled. Her, that was her dream. Yeah, she's like, I got an RV. Stoked. Go live on the beach. She told me I ought to come along while I had the chance, before life ran out on us. I'll never forget her saying that, before life ran out on us. It's a bit full on. Peggy Jo sold her stuff, furniture, her car, gave her potted plants to a neighbour, and she drove off. She didn't go too far initially. For a few weeks, she stayed at a public park near Lake Ray Hubbard, spending part of the day fishing or walking along the shore. Her niece, Michelle, would occasionally visit. She and Peggy Jo would sit on folding chairs next to the RV. Peggy would drink Pepsi out of a coffee cup and smoke menthol cigarettes. What um, a combo. I know. Michelle says she'd watch the sunset and then she'd go inside the RV and pull out a skillet and cook up some fajita meat with chopped onions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have been the life I would have chosen for myself, but I couldn't help but admire her doing her own thing and doing it her way. That sounds awesome to me. She loved being completely free. Pretty good. Skip Hollandsworth. In the late summer of 2004, Peggy Jo left a telephone message for Carla Dunlap, a friend from the marina. When Carla had developed breast cancer the previous year, Peggy Jo had checked on her nearly every day and had bought her a cap to wear when her hair began to fall out from chemotherapy. On the message, she asked how I was doing, and she said she was about to hit the road, Carla said. And then she said, no matter what happens to me, always remember that I love you. Concerned, Carla's husband, John, drove out to the park to see if he could find her and perhaps give her some money, but she was already gone. It's not entirely clear where she went. Over the next few months, people said they'd seen her driving the RV through many East Texas towns. And some would say they'd seen her in Tyler in October 2004, right about the time that an odd bank robbery occurred (laughs) at the small guarantee uh, bank on the southern edge of the city. That's a funny coincidence. According to the tellers, the robber was an older man with a round stomach and a scraggly moustache. He wore a dark, floppy hat, baggy clothes, and gloves. He placed a green canvas bag on the counter and said, all your money, no bait bills, no no blow-up money. (laughs) Then, after receiving a stack of cash, uh, he walked out of the bank and down a street. No one got a glimpse of his getaway vehicle. One of the tellers did tell the FBI agent she was struck by the softness of the robber's voice. It sounded a bit feminine. What's more, the teller said the robber's moustache appeared to have been glued on and his stomach looked more padded than real. Okay. A lot of great info from this teller. He's Very observant. He's a bit more attention. Yeah. Unfortunately, Steve Powell had retired at this point. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure he would have had a pretty good idea of who they were looking for. The agents who were investigating this robbery, however, brought in an older male suspect to take a lie detector test. After he passed with flying colours, they began investigating other men. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Makes sense. Does make sense. Got to be a man out there. I think it's wild that she robbed so many banks and no one ever went or or what. You know, she, there's, she's not even. It's just there's an no implied weapon. threat. Just yeah. do it. And I talk about this a little bit at the end as well. I listened to this other um, podcast about this, um, and they made a very good point of like bank tellers are trained that any any verbal note, anything, just, yeah, give them the money. The customer is always right. (laughs) The customer is always right. But even that note or just somebody coming in, if you can't see a weapon, even them saying, give me your money, if you don't, the implication is violence of some kind. Yeah, that's right. So it's pretty scary. Totally. I like it. It's never worth it's never, yeah. never worth it. But uh, a funny response would be, or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, and in this case, what? maybe it would 
pay off, I guess. But yeah, is it worth the risk? No, I don't. No, I don't it's think wild, it is. It's just, it? just wild that no one ever did. Yeah, everyone's got a bit of hero in them. <laughs> you know, I don't. I got zero hero in me. Zero hero. Oh my god, roll over. <laughs> you take what you want. Here's the keys. <laughs> Peggy Jo's own family certainly had no suspicions that she'd returned to her secret life. Periodically, throughout the fall of 2004 and the early months of 2005, she'd call them from pay phones, telling them she was doing fine, but never really, you know, going into too much detail. Um, one afternoon, Michelle ran into Peggy Jo at a Walmart, um, and Peggy Jo was picking up supplies, cartons of cigarettes and paper towels and fajita meat. <laughs> she loves that fajita meat and that skillet. Yeah, Michelle said she seemed to be in great spirits. What is fajita meat? I don't know what fajitas are, I think. So I guess fajita meat's the meat that goes inside of them? Yeah, it'd probably just be like a- <laughs> Done the maths there? It'd be like a minced beef or something. Right. Um, her brother Pete drove out to see her and the two spent a couple of hours looking through old family photos and he said his sister seemed happy and was planning on packing up and heading off on one of her adventures very soon. Soon means the next day. It was May 5th, 2005. Peggy Joe woke up, made her bed, got dressed. She put on a black long sleeve shirt and a pair of black pants that she kept- Uh, in a drawer. From a shelf, she grabbed a sandwich baggie filled with makeup and applied some lipstick and some blush. And then she made her way to the front of the RV where she kept a variety of sunglasses and wide-brimmed hats along with a couple of black wigs and hair extensions. After choosing a large black straw hat that came down over her forehead and a pair of black sunglasses, Peggy Jo slipped into the driver's seat and drove to Tyler, parking her her RV, um, which just so happened to be parked across from a, a bank the very bank that had been robbed the previous October. She walked through the front door of the bank, approached the teller and said, this is a robbery, I need all of your money, don't set any alarms. The young teller emptied her drawers into Talis's satchel. This time it was 11,000. Like American sold drawers, like pants, he shat himself. (laughs) Into the satchel. Huh? There you go, there's your money. I've pooed all over it. (laughs) You didn't tell me not to. Enjoy. It was 11,200 bucks. Nice. Enough to finally get to Mexico as Peggy had always dreamed of doing. Okay, one last job. So in her haste to get away, however, she made one simple mistake. She said, bye, my name's Peggy, bye. <laughs> Dropped a business card. She didn't check for a dye pack. It oh. exploded as soon as she walked out of the door, covering the money with red ink. A plume of red smoke also began to rise from the satchel as she headed back across the street, dodging traffic to get to her RV. Drop the bag. Can't believe she's using the RV as the getaway. I know. Huh? The red smoke obviously caught the attention of people on the street who called police immediately. Within minutes, law enforcement- If you saw red smoke, would you be like, better call the cops? Somebody running out of a bank holding a bag that's smoking and covered in red dye? Yeah, I probably would call the cops. But she wasn't running out of the bank and it didn't happen until she was outside the bank. No, it- Yeah, so she's leaving the bank. She's left the bank. They're set off by you leaving the bank. Right. Like those. So it's not like she's done some other shopping and she's just in a chemist and it's gone. No, off. but you're walking down the street. Are you really going, oh, that old lady? I think she's just stolen some money. Better get the cops out. That's literally the point of these dye packs. Yeah, but Matt's no snitch. Is that what you're saying? But, but you are. You're saying that you would do that and you don't see it. It's. I think it's weird to be on the stream and be like, oh, oh, yes, I get to dob in this old lady. Oh, so it's just because it's an old lady? Oh, in this case, it is. And so if she'd murdered someone, I shouldn't tell anybody about it because she's an old lady. I think that's what they call a straw man argument there, Bob. <laughs> I would just watch and I'd be fixated. I love when he said, one time I saw some, like a, a full police chase. 
and the guy got away, and I was so excited see, for him. See, the police were already aware of the situation. Yeah, yeah, but I was so excited for the guy. You were excited for him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because he got away. He got away! <laughs> and then, like, people were chasing him. <laughs> That's fun. That was fun. Uh, I'm not saying I would call police, but people did. Yeah. Yeah, snitches. Um, within- what town is this? <laughs> Snitchville. T- Snitchville, Tennessee? <laughs> Within minutes, law enforcement officers were tailing the RV. As it turns out, like, FBI agents were nearby too, so it's, like, bad timing. Um, the RV is struggling up a hill. Oh. No, it's still smoking. Cars are just, the <laughs> Red police cars are just, like, window. following. <laughs> it looks it's like a Cheech and Chong style. <laughs> <laughs> police chase. Suddenly, she hit the brakes, turned into a quiet middle-class neighbourhood at the edge of the city. Uh, she turned into a street and a couple of police cars raced past her to box her in. Oh. Officers leapt out of their cars surrounding the RV, handguns drawn. The officers had no idea who was in the RV. They didn't know it was her. They didn't know anything. They, they're like, they assume that there's a bunch of accomplices in there as well. I mean, it's an RV. It can fit a lot of people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're like, it's probably, f- they're assuming and they're behaving as if it's full of armed accomplices. Or fajita meat. One of the one two. One of the two. It's always one of the two. <laughs> we hope for fajita meat, but always. more often than not, it's guys with guns. If my day had a little more fajita meat in it, I'll tell you what. Anyway, so SWAT officers yelled commands at the RV and a standoff lasted several minutes. From Skip Hollinsworth again. Finally, Peggy Joe went back to her bedroom where a 757 Magnum loaded with hollow point bullets was hidden under a pillow. But she didn't touch that gun. Instead, she picked up a toy pistol that she also kept in the bedroom. She'd bought it, apparently, to carry with her in case she ever needed to threaten a bank employee in future robberies. She walked to the door and opened it, her hands at her side. The police officers who had surrounded the RV couldn't believe what they were seeing, an unassuming woman in a wide-brimmed hat, a woman who was the age of their grandmothers. (laughs) I well, can't believe what we're seeing. A woman in a hat. <laughs> Are you being held hostage by a man? <laughs> Where is the man, woman? <laughs> oh, no. So, she's they, to them. Is there any difference, like, legally in a toy gun or a real gun? Like, would the charge be less? If she's if used she's- it in a bank robbery or something? Yeah. I don't know. Because, I, I mean, the bank teller wouldn't. I, I don't mm. think so. Yeah, right. Because they wouldn't necessarily know. I guess it depends on the jurisdiction, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, it's a good I've, question. Well, I'm disappointed you don't know about Texas law a little, yeah. a little more. <laughs> Sorry, I did really put this together quickly. <laughs> You've phoned this in, I Bob. really have. Normally, you would pass the local bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about any kind of crime. <laughs> this little old lady has come out and they're like, you know, come out with your hands up or whatever. She says, like, you're going to have to kill me. Oh. Ma'am, you don't have to do this, replied one of the police officers. You mean to tell me if I come out here with a gun and point it at you all, you're not going to shoot me? Please don't. Please don't do that, yelled another officer. So they're asking her. They're like, uh, they're they're pleading with her. Peggy Jo Tallis took a step out of the RV and as she moved her arm, it was revealed she was holding a gun. Four officers fired and all four hit her. She died instantly. The SWAT team, still assuming that there were other people in the RV, shot tear gas canisters into the RV and then stormed the front door. It's already full of red smoke. <laughs> I don't think the thing's still smoking. <laughs> this has got a lot of juice in this. Um. Jeez, and these canisters. So, obviously, uh, this version of events is the official police story. that We begged her not to. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a, a, 
a person living on the street got his video camera out. Oh, wow. And was filming it. And you can hear them. Right. Apparently on the on the tape they are saying like please don't. So they discovered she was alone and that although she did have a real gun with her in the RV, the one she was holding was a fake. Um they found a little baggie of pot and her purse which had like 38 bucks in cash in it and a driver's license. Ah, oh, the devil's leaf. <laughs> we got devil's her. Leaf. No, what was it? The devil's, devil's lettuce. lettuce. Devil's lettuce. <laughs> An FBI agent, Jack Millslagle. Spicy leaf. Are you kidding me? Millslagle. Millslagle, yes. Incredible. And who Jack, might you be? Jack Millslagle, FBI agent, ran a check on the license and realised that the woman was Cowboy Bob. He called Steve Powell at his ranch and left him a message saying he had some bad news about his old nemesis. <laughs> Powell called back, say it isn't so, he said. I wanted to be the one to shoot her No, dead. he was a bit like, he was a bit sad about it because Joe... Um, so Mill Slagle said, I'm afraid we killed Peggy Joe. So, yeah, that's pretty much the story of Cowboy Bob. Oh. Skip, Skip sums it up a little bit. He says, for the FBI, of course, the biggest question was how many other banks had Peggy Joe robbed? Some agents wondered if she had tried a bank robbery or two back in the 60s when she was a freewheeling young woman tooling around Dallas in her burgundy Fiat. Others wondered if she'd begun her career in the 70s when she had been caught stealing the pickup. It's not an uncommon practice, after all, for a bank robber to avoid detection by using a stolen car as a getaway vehicle and then later abandoning it. Still, others wondered if she'd returned to robbing banks soon after her release from prison. Uh, after studying the evidence from the October 2004 robbery at Guarantee Bank, Mills Slagle did conclude that Peggy Joe was the robber, the one in October where it was, you know, an old guy with a round belly and a beard mm. and stuff. But that only led to other questions. Why had she gone back to that bank? Was she imitating her heroes Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid who had once robbed the same train twice? And why didn't she dress as a man for the second guarantee robbery? Why also did she decide to speak to the teller instead of handing the teller a note? Was she hoping that FBI agents would study the bank's surveillance tapes and realise she had returned? Some people kind of see her end as a bit of a one last hurrah. Perhaps she was a little lost, um, like one of her friends said, feeling like life had sort of slipped her by. And it's tough as well because... The article that Skip Hollinsworth wrote in 2005, which was like, you know, not long after this had happened, um, it's one of the best and most comprehensive sources on the story. There isn't a whole heap of information out there, but Skip's done this really big sort of article back then. But it it's very sympathetic and it makes you root for Peggy Joe a lot. Yeah, I was definitely rooting for her. For sure. But another podcast that I listened to, and I was mentioning this before, True, well, what's this it's True Crime Campfire. They kind of talk about... Like the toy gun was purchased basically to force a cop to shoot her. Like it was, it was for this. Yes, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, really. and they kind of talk about that act and how manipulating someone into shooting you is a really cruel thing to do. Because yeah. to sort of threaten, shoot me or I'll shoot you, and then aim what looks like a gun is a pretty cruel thing to do. But because even, they, that's sort of what they. It sounds like she even put it in pretty straight. She's like, "You'll have to it, shoot you, me." Yeah. yeah, I know. And they also talk about the fact that we often see these kinds of crimes as victimless. And while no one lost their lives or was hurt in her robberies, the tellers she robbed were mostly really young. A lot of them were, like, fresh out of high school. Um, and just because she didn't show them a gun didn't mean she didn't have didn't have one or there wasn't a threat of violence or, like, a threat to their lives. Yeah, so the probable odds are yeah. some of them might have not had any effects, but you'd imagine some had PTSD or For sure. And even talking about, like, um, a couple of the young police officers needed a lot of counselling and stuff after it too. 
you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 very complex. I just think it's it's worth noting that sort of stuff rather than just looking at it from Skip's article, which is very sympathetic. He ends on an on a an, a quote from her childhood friend Cherry, which I think is so funny, especially after just discussing those other factors. Um, this is Cherry saying, I think about her walking out of that bank, 60 years old, that bag full of money, and I have to say that she went out doing what she loved. We'll never understand it, but she was doing exactly what she loved. I wish I could write her a note and say, good for you, my sweet peg, good mm. for you. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of nice, I guess. <laughs> it is a nice. But also, it's like. It's such a sad, awful end, isn't it? doing what she loved, Robin Banks. Robin Banks. What, she went down, what, uh, Butch Cassidy style, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah her, exactly. Her favourite movie. So it seems very much like, I mean, I think maybe to some people initially kind of going like, why wasn't she dressed up? Why did she just go as herself? I think that was sort of the was, plan all along. And the fact that she didn't check for the, she was always yeah. really diligent with checking for dive bombs and stuff. I think the, the way her story and her life ended was how she wanted it to end or that was sort of the, the plan of that day. Yeah, there were like, did she not change the number plates that day? She was in the RV. Yeah, and- yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that is the pretty wild story of Cowboy Bob. Cowboy Bob. Yeah. And they never got him. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it. Yeah, because- well, the- Peggy Joe was the only link and yeah. she never told him, so. Yeah, that's amazing because she 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 never spoke right till the end. Yeah. Never gave away the identity. Never gave it up. And he must have been close by. Yeah. Because it was always like where she was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, he got out of the RV somehow. Yeah, they didn't notice. Maybe Incredible. he's like hiding on the toilet. <laughs> they just didn't check, oh. the didn't check the John. They never checked the John. Well, you can't. You you got to have a limit. Well, don't yeah. you? Yeah. People have to have privacy. They probably You're knocked. Right. Yeah. Didn't hear anything and no, went. Well, obviously someone's Occupado. In there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> All good. All good. <laughs> so there we go. Thank you to Liz Great. for suggesting that topic. Yeah, I love hearing a story I've never heard anything about. Yeah. Well, no, I wonder how local Liz is like. I'm pretty sure Liz Lafever is a Texan. Yeah, well, yeah, that could be why. Oh, great. Well, anyone can suggest a topic at any time via our website, dogoonpod.com. And if you reckon you've got a story that is more maybe local to your area that we in Melbourne, Australia may not have heard of and oh. it's cool, exciting or interesting for some reason, send us in. I've had that one kind of um, uh, like I, I made a little note of it. I must have seen it in the hat at one point. I made a note of it of like maybe that would be a good bonus episode or um, uh, maybe I could, uh, yeah, maybe be a future topic. And I think um, uh, Liz kind of sold it to me with it's a great bank robbing story with a lot of heart, a crazy surprise twist and a 10-gallon hat. And I was like, I'm listening. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great pitch, which yeah. really does help when we're going through the thousands of suggestions. That's right. When I put them up to the vote, I, I'll – Put that in next to the topic as well. So it also, it's sort of pitching it to the voters. Yeah, which is great. We must have done what? About a dozen bank robbery stories. And I think the maths works out that that is maybe the first lady bank robber we've had. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Probably other than like Bonnie and Clyde, do they rob banks and stuff too? They did. They did actually. You're right. But yeah. Yeah. And statistically, it's it's a very small number, Mm. especially on on this scale. So, you know, good on her for having that title. You know, proving what women can do. <laughs> well, you know, being an accomplice to Bob. That's right. Well, now it's time for everyone's favourite section of the show where we get to thank some of our fantastic Patreon supporters. Without these people, this show doesn't exist. They keep it going. They keep the lights on mm. and the microphones on. That's right. <laughs> 
which I almost forgot to do. <laughs> but I hit on. Yes. Uh, and uh, if you want to get involved, you can go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. There's a bunch of different levels, a uh, bunch of different rewards depending on the level you go to. And uh, yeah, you know, there's bonus episodes. There's, which I think if you sign up to that level, there's already 150 odd episodes there yeah, ready to go. It's over 150 hours of bonus content Bloody to unlock hell. in seconds. Uh, you can also uh, get involved in our Facebook group, which is uh, what a lot of people describe as one of the nicest corners of the internet. Not me, though. Mercilessly bullied in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. it, we shouldn't have called the group uh, Fuck You, Jess. <laughs> that was a mistake. Um, but, you know, really, hindsight's twenty twenty. That's right. Really, really <laughs> set the tone. Jess is just joking, of course. She is the bully in I there. I am the bully. Do not cross her. Don't cross me. I'll kill you. <laughs> Thankfully, no one has, so we haven't seen your nasty side <laughs> for a uh, long time. There's yet. a bunch of different things. You can also vote on uh, topics and all, all sorts of other things. Uh, but one of the levels, the Sydney Scheinberg level, if you sign up there or above, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. I'll read out four of those every week, uh, and I don't read them until I read them out. Uh, just in case I fumble on anything. That's why, okay? Okay. Judgmental much? The first one comes from- <laughs> Hang on, hang on, hang on. No. Again? Yeah? You've forgotten? Oh, my goodness. And uh, the way we get into this <gasps> one, we saw, I think it has a little jingle go somewhere like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. She always oh. remembers the sing. The vibrato on that one. I uh, don't always remember to do that bit, though, because I think I forgot it a few weeks ago. No one mentioned it, though. No one noticed. Uh. <laughs> that hurts. Does anyone listen to this bit? <laughs> it's everyone's favourite bit, Dave. Shut up. All right. So, <laughs> the first one this week comes from David, a place to hang your cape, Malofsky. And David has given himself the title, and everyone gets to give themselves the title, of Vice Chairman of Synesthesia. Ooh. And David has offered a fact, which is, I thought I would give some facts about colours, uh, in brackets, fullness TBD. I don't know what that means. He continues, I have synesthesia which is a condition where your senses cross. For instance, some people taste sounds or hear scents. I interpret all my senses in colours. I hear music in colour, see scents in colour, see things that I touch, and read letters and numbers in colour. Gosh, That's- that sounds so cool. Mm. I, I used to, I, f- I mean, this. I don't think this is the same thing at all, but I used, I used to, well, I think I still do associate uh, letters and numbers with colours. But he says, for instance, MS is red-yellow. That's interesting. MS for me is green-yellow. JP is brown-pink and DW is green-silver. Holy Ooh, shit, that's a good combo. you got a real Slytherin one there, Dave. Sucked in. I got brown-pink. Brown-pink's awesome. That's ice cream. Chocolate oh, and yeah. strawberry. But is there enough for each letter of the alphabet? Like, how specific are you going with shade and tone for? Oh, there's a, I mean, he's used silver. I think you could come up with 26 colours. Turquoise. Wow. Sage. Light blue, dark blue, cerise. <laughs> <laughs> For example. But, yeah, that does sound sick. I mean, I don't, it potentially isn't. I'm not sure. But it sounds cool. It sounds like that Rolling Stones song, Paint It Black. No. <laughs> uh, what is it? I see colours everywhere. She's got hair. <laughs> I see colours. Uh, roughly 2%, Poetry. Per- <laughs> 2% of the population is believed to have synesthesia. For reference, around 8% of men are colourblind. This means between around 5% of the population experiences colours differently to the way that you do, or if you're in the minority like me, 99% do. In addition, because colours are names for various frequencies of light, 
which in turn is a selection of frequencies of the electromagnetic spectrum. X-rays, microwaves, Wi-Fi, and purple are all names for the same thing. Shout out to the patrons I met at Dave's London Booksheet show who approved this fact as fact quote or question worthy. Oh, that's nice. Oh, is it a workshop? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That. Went around the bar, maybe. That's great, yeah. Love it. Very I, interesting. I, yeah, I think that's fascinating. I reckon, I'm not sure, because I, I I used to think that I had it because of that colour thing, but then I started to think maybe as a kid there was a poster on my wall mm. that had all the letters and numbers and they're all different <laughs> colours and maybe that's why I do. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, thank you so much for that, David. The next one comes from Daniel Ryan, aka Chief Patron of Ignoring Requests for New Facts, Quotes, and Questions. <laughs> and Daniel Ryan has offered us a question, which is, I reckon, was Daniel Ryan the guy who started, he started a, a spreadsheet thing that documented where everything started and different running jokes and stuff? Maybe a Reddit thing or something? Hmm. That's a vague memory. Uh, well, what colour is that memory? <laughs> red. It. Anger. Uh, <laughs> Daniel writes, I never know what to send in, so I never send anything in. <laughs> My question is, if you could live in any movie idolised era, which would you choose? I.e. Pride and Prejudice type Victorian, Roaring Twenties, etc. And uh, as I always suggest, if you've got a question... If you- Please give us an answer. Yeah, answer your own question. And Daniel does that here saying, for me, I'm currently playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I call that Cowboys. <laughs> I heard Ben Russell say that once, so I say playing that every cowboys. time that comes up. Oh, yeah. I call that playing Cowboys. but <laughs> uh, And it's an old West game, so I guess that will be my choice for now. Mm. <laughs> I reckon I know Dave's. It's going to be Poirot. Definitely. What's that? What, what, what's that architecture style called? Art Deco. Style Art love Deco, Art Deco stuff. My gosh, I love it. Is that like twenties mm. to forties kind of? Yeah, maybe a little bit earlier too. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, I think that that would be my my pick. Gonna have to start saying nineteen twenties because tw- we're in the twenties now. <gasps> Holy, Holy shit! Holy shit! <laughs> we're doing it. That makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't turn it off. The brain's ticking now. What about you, Bob? Do you have a uh, Jetsons? <laughs> oh, the so future, which is I think now in the slight past. Yeah, but I want their version of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want, like hoverboards and stuff, and and little tubes personalized spaceships. In. Yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Tubes to get sucked in. <laughs> Glory tubes. <laughs> no, hey, you know those transport tubes. Or am I thinking of Futurama? I think they both have a similar sort of thing. Yeah, geez, that's a good question. Do you know that uh, Midnight in Paris movie where they go oh, yeah. back to uh, when that rider Hemingway is in it? Heming- <laughs> Hemingway era. That uh, <laughs> the guy with yeah. the pen and the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was like, it was. I think the whole message of that was that you're always going to feel nostalgic for another time. You go back to that time, you're like, the, that's the ideal time. He goes back there and there's someone there who's idolising a, a different time mm. nostalgically. But, yeah, I was like, both those times, I'm like, they both look sick. Oh, yeah, I'll take either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, missing the point entirely, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it also took me a while to realise that they'd even gone back a second time. <laughs> I'm like, they're both olden days. Yeah, they're both the past. <laughs> Yeah, and like he says, it's the idolised movie version because I'm like, I'm always like, 
Uh, I'd hate any any time where it's smoking indoors everywhere. Yeah. And yes. medicine is leeches and stuff, you know? Yeah. Also, it would depend on, like, what part of society you're in. Like, in yes. Pride and Prejudice, like, they're, well, a lot of the people are, around them are quite wealthy. Which yeah. is, the, it's Regency era, by the way, it's not Victorian. Just in case I'm sure there's people at home <laughs> be screaming at their iPods over that. But if you're... <laughs> If they are, that is going to be one of the worst screaming at your iPods things ever. Let me know if you were. Actually, Pride and Prejudice is actually a project together. <laughs> Which I love. I think the worse the screaming at the iPod, the better. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love it too. But, um, yeah, like if you're in any of these eras growing up in extreme poverty or that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would really affect your lens. Yes. Wouldn't it? Yeah. For more people probably now is the idealist time to have lived- than ever. I mean, it's still not, not sure perfect. about that. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, right. I guess it, for the mo- more, most people, I'd say. I'd like to take the amount of money I have now. Oh, yeah. And then go back to like oh, my, when my just, parents were my age. Yeah, just yeah. crush. And just buy like three houses on one day. Just that like one. pow, pow, pow. That one. I'll, ta- I'll buy this block. Like you're playing Monopoly. Yeah. You're not buying houses. You're buying streets. So good. I'll take Regent Street. Thank you. Thank you. It's not for sale. Mm, well, let me write you a check. <laughs> $30,000. Like, oh, oh, Miss Perkins, God. right this way. Right this way. <laughs> Once you see my plastic banknotes, you're going to be pretty impressed. Uh, thank you for that question, Daniel. I don't, don't you think that would be, maybe it's not the case. I just think because the population of the world's bigger than it's ever been before. Aren't there more people alive now than have ever lived before? Yeah, sure. So you're thinking about mass number rather than percentage yeah. of. Okay, then yeah. But I'm, I mean, it's. I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about, of course. Then as well. why do you keep talking? I don't know. Just Every move on Every sentence then. I finish from, I regret. Just keep. Just move on then. Uh, well, the problem is people are, People have still heard it. And right. they're still- Yeah, but I'm enduring this now. <laughs> well, they're enduring this now too. And I apologise. I can't apologise any more sincerely. I wish you would. I can't really apologise. <laughs> uh, that actually comes from Aiden. Oh, no. This is a name- I would say Coglin, but I think he he's corrected me a few times because I think he's from Ireland or something, and it's Colin maybe. But in Australia, you'd pronounce this Coglin, mm-hmm. but I don't, maybe the G's. Let's say Aiden Colin, Aiden Coglin, and I apologise. Uh, Aiden's uh, title is the Smash Boy to your Orange Ricky. Oh, that's nice. Because we we found out after the Tetris episode that those names that was a, a hoax. Uh, that. You know, like even Jeopardy fell for the yeah. TV show. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think it, it's so good that I reckon, and a few people suggested this, let's just make it the reality. Yeah. We Orange can- Rookie is so good. Dave, you missed it, but there was this oh, hoaxing yeah. that went around online where they named all the blocks on, on Tetris. You've caught up now. All right, yes. Aiden. <laughs> that had a few people screaming at their iPods. Aiden is offering a suggestion. Fantastic. Writing, years ago, for some reason that I don't fully understand, I wrote lyrics to the Tetris music. <laughs> uh, so, for someone um, DM'd me a, a cover song. It was like a metal version of this song. And I, I, I was a day, like, I got home from a big day at a pub or something. And I listened to the first... 20 seconds and I replied that's so good <laughs> what is it <laughs> and they replied like the next day um, lol the Tetris theme song <laughs> I'm like, I just didn't listen <laughs> you're like wow this is great <laughs> yeah this is fantastic why did you send this to me <laughs> I love it what is it <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it was exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, anyway, uh, so Aiden's written lyrics to the Tetris music. Since then, I haven't been able to hear the song without singing them in my head. And unfortunately, the same is true for pretty much everyone I've shared them with. With apologies to my fellow listeners, I would like for you to perform them. All right, let's see if we can get the theme. Here it is. Blocks falling down, there are blocks on the drop, and you can't, no, you can't let them reach the top. If they do, it's the end for you, so put them in a line and you'll be fine. Did I switch into the Oompa Loompa song? A little, but you recovered it pretty nicely, I think. I can't, this is what I'm saying, instrumental track. Versus singing along makes it a lot harder. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm actually familiar with the Tetris theme. Well, not based on the way I sang it. You oh, okay. probably know it if you heard it. Okay. I loved it. I used to. It was only in, like the last five years or so that I realised that I can't recreate melodies. <laughs> only now. <laughs> I know it's so funny. I must. There must have been so many awkward things where people just nodding at me, going, "Uh huh." Oh, yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. no, I love that one. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic cool, one. Anyway, I've got to. I've just finished my drink, so I got to go. <laughs> 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 Uh, and finally this week, oh, that was fantastic work, Aiden. Finally this week, Nathan Damon uh, has a fact. Uh, and Nathan, uh, aka, or with uh, the title, a name that describes someone's position or job. Oh, that's nice. That's hey, a definition it, of a title. It is what it says on the tin. Uh, Nathan writes, hey guys, it's been a while. Just wanted others to have a chance for a shout out over block. That's very sweet, Nathan. I hope everyone out there in Dugan land is doing well. So a fact. Well, I just finished listening to the Tetris app where Jess mentioned that she couldn't give blood because she faints. I too can't give blood because my blood is way too powerful for normal people. Wow. (laughs) Not really. I faint too. (laughs) I fainted the first time. And now I'm not allowed to give blood because I'm low iron. So, That's so imagine me. my blood is too powerful, I Sorry. guess. Sorry, it's too powerful, Mr. Damon. <laughs> Mr. Damon, we thank you for your time today, but we can't use any of this. Fred, your blood has killed several people. Yes. Well, they lived so hard <laughs> that they died. Uh, he says, it's that the weirdest cool. thing. I can cut myself or something and be fine right up until I get treated. Then out I go. I can bleed all over the place and just, I love that this has obviously happened for him Mm. to know this. I can bleed all over the place and just keep working, but give blood and out I go. Well, I hope you all have had uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And depending on when this is read, Happy Easter, everyone. Hey. Happy Easter to you Nathan, too, Nathan. it's way too early for Easter. Hey, I had a hot cross bun yesterday. I'm yeah, in. I love it. Oh, yeah, I love the great. two times of year, Easter and Christmas. <laughs> I, love, I love a chocolate hot cross bun. Oh. But I'm not allowed to buy them because I'll eat them. Yeah. <laughs> Whose rule is this? That's my own The rule. supermarket's got <laughs> your photo. That's your rule? <laughs> these buns are too powerful. <laughs> I, had to in, I had to do a self-imposed rule around these um, ginger bickies that I make because they're I make them and then I eat all of oh, them. They're too addictive. So, good. so I've had to. You brought them in recently. Yeah. Fantastic. I've, I've had to make them a Christmas time only. I might make a batch actually. <laughs> I don't have a. I don't really make things, but I have that rule about Milo. Oh my God. I yeah. can't have it in the house. <laughs> I, I, it'll, the big tin will last less than a week. Yeah. 
Do, you know what, I, I it, had a are mo- you doing like one session a day or are you just doing multiple? It'll be one session a day, but it'll be like huge sessions. You know, three quarter mug. Get this. I had a yeah. <laughs> three quarters of Milo? Yeah, and then a, a milky screed on top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, hang on. This man is sick. I had a Milo last night. <laughs> Dave's on the phone calling a doctor. Oh, my God. If you could powder, you'd be like coughing. I have to tell Matt about my Milo. Okay, So, if please. you could just pipe down for <laughs> a second, please. We just heard the man's got a horrible addiction. <laughs> yeah, but I, I had one last night, quarter cup Milo, then like maybe two quarters milk, and then the whole- <laughs> And then a quarter air. Yeah, it was yeah. just empty. Yeah. Um, the the whole base, all the Milo, just came up in one. Hit. Oh yeah! I was like, God I damn like, it! I like just being able to like just get just through the bit. milk a little bit. Boop. You n- nop it with the <laughs> nop it with the spoon, <laughs> not a word, you know what I mean? Yes. And it just flops. I know, to but the-, the whole thing came yeah. up, and then it kind of goes a bit. It's not as good. I'll still. I'll. I'll. I'll I have, I'll, it. I have I it. I ate it. But it is. You just want to be able to just like. I want to be in control. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're mining for Milo gold. I knew you'd understand. Dave doesn't. Dave doesn't get it. I love Milo, but I eat it the appropriate way. <laughs> what? As the, as they recommend? Yeah, a spoon <laughs> and then stir it in. All right, psycho. You have your little chalky milk. It's yeah. actually three spoons. Then you Teaspoons, so it's tiny. Yeah, three teaspoons. Yeah. Then, then like, like the equivalent of like two shots of milk. <laughs> stir it all together, get a nice paste going, get a lather. Then- Tip the rest of the milk to the top, then stir it all together, and then the mile is along the top. Now, do you count this as cooking? <laughs> <laughs> Straight in the microwave. You're cooking. No, I prefer a cold Milo, so it's oh. a preparation rather than a cook. Your Milo sucks. Our Milo's way better. Now, what you've got, I'll pour that into the top quarter. Yeah. I need four <laughs> the tin. heaped <laughs> tablespoons. Yeah, it's got to be, like, and I'm talking heaps. Yeah. I'm talking taller than wide. You know? <laughs> You're chode of a mile spoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next thing we like to do is uh, shout out to a, a few of our <laughs> other fantastic supporters. Just when we comes up with a bit of a game based on the topic. So I do. So I do. Is this their uh, police alias or something like that? Um, like th- Cowboy Bob type thing? Yeah. Yeah. What the what the police call them. Yeah, I love it. When they're- yeah, because their disguise is something. Yeah, yes, okay. Yeah. okay. What their disguise is <laughs> All right. and the name. Well, if I can kick us off. No. Okay. Do you no, I'm just do- kidding. Go for it. <laughs> I, I kick us off joke. every week. It was, just a good, it was just a good little joke. Yes. <laughs> You've stopped me right in my tracks. <laughs> uh, the first person uh, from address unknown, can only assume probably from deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Callan Dumbrell. Dave, what's Callan Dumbrell? Dressed as uh, scuba diving Brent, <laughs> scuba diving Brent. That's what they're calling him. And dressed as a fish. <laughs> so that didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, the cops in uh, Molesville ain't too bright, or they just do those nicknames that uh, go for a bit of a journey before scuba they scuba diving yeah. Brent. <laughs> scuba yeah. diving Brent's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a my. I've got a like I think he's like a second cousin or something, but basically like an uncle type. From the broader family named Brent. And I think it's such a great Brent's name. Brent's a great name. Brent. And he's a real Brent. Picture Brent. Yeah, got Middle-aged it. Middle-aged man. I'm looking at him. Yeah, Locked and you loaded. got him. That's yep. him. Boring Lovely guy. haircut. Sensible haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sensible everything. You're setting your <laughs> clock to that haircut. <laughs> But lovely guy. I love, always love catching up with him. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, Brent. Shout out, Brent. Sorry you had to find out this way. Big Saints man. He it was, it was uh, high up at the Saints at one point. Uh, what does that mean? 
Don't ask questions. Next. <laughs> Next up, uh, also from Address Unknown, probably also in the Fortress of the Moles, it's Erin mm. Fast. Erin Fast. Already a great name. Yeah. Uh, turtle Lady. <laughs> turtle Lady. She's always needing to go to the toilet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's turtling. a calling card. <laughs> no, of course she's she's uh, dressed as a very turtley turtle, yeah. like Dana Carvey. Turtly <laughs> enough for the turtle I never, club. S- never saw the movie, but I know that clip from. Oh yeah, we watched it at a, at a year seven sleepover, and even then we were like, "This sucks." <laughs> oh, what a <laughs> shame. Like Twelve. He was. He really feels like he was a wasted talent. I know it's He never got his proper, pro- proper shot at a movie career. Aaron Fast. <laughs> so what was the name? Turtle Lady. Turtle Lady. Because turtles are slow. It's, and Dana Carvey, one of his other famous characters, was the Church Lady. So it's a real homage. It's nothing to do with Dana Carvey. <laughs> it's because the last name is Fast and turtles are slow. Yeah, but the cops didn't know that, so they couldn't have come up with a bit based on that, Jess. Um, come on. Let's get real here. <laughs> and uh, finally from me, I'd love to thank from Kingswood in New South Wales, Australia, Adam Van Eyck. Um, the physicist. Ooh. Oh, that's good. The mm. physicist. So, lab coat. Physics teacher at my school, last name was Van Eyck. <laughs> I love it. You just look at something. You just take the expression. That's great. <laughs> and it's often, I mean, the fast one, I sort of drew that one. But you could, you could nearly always just get away with sounding like you. Got a creative I, brain. I just like to be open with you guys. Yeah. Show Thank your you. workings out. I want to be honest. Much like Mr. Van Eyck always suggested. That's right. Show your workings out, please. Great guy. Just retired. Really? Congratulations on a great career. Yeah. Yeah. Good Hope you man. enjoy your- uh, One time- um, Was he one of the weirdos? No, he was the one who um, at a swimming carnival one time, a girl started to struggle in the water and he jumped in and saved her. And uh, is a real hero to us. Wow, after that. Van Eyck, bit of Van Hoogen band about him. Oh, yes, absolutely. One of the all-time great names, Peter Van Den Hoogenbaden. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, and he's Adam Van Eyck also in his uh, getaway Van Eyck. <laughs> a little joke for himself because obviously the cops didn't know that. Hey, Dave, would you like to thank a few? I'd love to thank from uh, Bell Gaula in New South Wales. Never heard of that place, but I'm loving it already. Balgala. Balgala. Big shout out to Courtney. 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 Uh, From Balgala. Beetle. Oh. Oh, the fifth Beetle. Fifth Beetle. Dresses up, you know, old school Beetle style, mop yep. top haircut. Yeah. Uh, maybe those um, fluoro kind of Sergeant Peppers oh. style. So it's a mashup of, <laughs> yeah. of eras. Of eras. Just re- really blending in, yes. in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing. The suit is beige. It's not one of the. It's not the pink or the blue or whatever that yeah. they actually use. <laughs> right. The fifth, the yeah. fifth the color fifth was one. beige. Yeah, the beige so it's beetle. the type of thing that people would look at and go, "That would be so beautiful in a bright color." Yeah. Unfortunately, it's beige. Yeah, that's a great nickname. The beige beetle. The beige, beige beetle. beetle. The beige beetle has struck again. That's good. Hiding in plain sight. Oh that's good, Courtney. Asking for some Lucy in the sky with diamonds. We've only got cash here, <laughs> Courtney. We're so sorry. Hey, I'd like to thank from an unknown location. Wow, the fortress is full tonight. <laughs> a big sh- for our patrons listening, if you if you want your address in there, you can change it. You just got to go into your back end. We can't change it from our end, and that that will also mean you get the Christmas card. Look, <laughs> we can't change it to the back end. We can't guess your address. We are. We're sending these. We're. <laughs> we still send a Christmas card. All these. We just write mole. 
Yeah, that's right. Secret Maltopia. Maltopia. Dozens went to the Maltopia this year. And the, the post office say, do you really want us to send these? We'll charge you. And we say, send them. Send them. We say, send them. And I'll watch them put them in the bin. Yeah. All right. I would like to shout out f- to this fortress uh, resident, Josh Hillman. Oh, Hillman. Oh, what yeah. about? He's not even hiding that he's from the Mole Hill. <laughs> the Mole Hill. Right. Uh, nicknamed the Tennis Racket. Oh. Wow. He is dressed- as a tennis racket. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. good, yeah. How did the cops come up with that? <laughs> you know, some- It's not some even the, t- the tennis racket bandit. It's just yeah, the just tennis, the tennis racket. racket. I like that. I mean, isn't it usually the media coming up with it as well? Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if um, Cowboy Bob, the uh, the actual Cowboy Bob, was she annoyed? Do we have any opinions on that nickname given to her? Because, like, if you are oh. robbing a bank- you get given the nickname. Sometimes you might be like, oh, I hate that. Well, I mean, at least you'd be, at least it's confirmation that they're confident it's a man. Actually, right. You're true. So she'd probably be quite chuffed. I don't know. I, I mean, she didn't talk about it much. She so probably know. would have, if had if she had the choice, she would have been- um, Cowboy Babette. <laughs> well, what was the movie she liked? Butch. Butch. She would have loved to have been- Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Butch Kid. Butch Cassidy or Sundance Kid, I reckon. Yeah. I'd like Sundance Kid. Sundance Kid's fantastic. Butch Cassidy is sick as well. Okay, you can be Butch Cassidy, I'll be Sundance Kid, and okay. Dave can be Andla. Looks like there's a Simpsons <laughs> character called Cowboy Bob Yeah, there as well. is, but it's- uh, And I was like, that can't be from The Simpsons, surely, but it's from the comic strip. Ah, uh, gotcha. Hey, I'd like to thank from Chestnut Hill in Massachusetts. Matt, how am I supposed to say that? Uh, Massachusetts. Thank you so much. And this is a big shout out to Motion Sidiqui. Motion Sidiqui. I think Motion Motion is uh, known as the Ballerina. Okay. So Tutu. Yes. Uh, Ballerina. Slippers. Nailed that. Yep. <laughs> but covered in bells. Coming in one on big t- bell over the head. Oh, wow. yeah. For protection. And we're on the way out, ding, ding, ding. Oh, wow. Hitting the You've bell. You've just been robbed by the king. Really wanted the king to be the nickname. <laughs> but they went for Bellarina. <laughs> they went with <laughs> Bellarina, yeah. Wow, that's tough. Sorry to hear that. Uh, sorry, Mosin. And, uh, but. <laughs> Honestly, try like Good really luck. just tried so hard to put it out there. I'm the king. You've just been robbed by the king. Tell everybody. And yeah. It just didn't stick. Didn't stick. Can I thank some people? Sure can. I would love to thank from Shoreline, Washington, WA. Mm-hmm. I would love to thank Carly Lee. Carly, what about the Sorcerer's Apprentice? Ooh, fantastic. Oh, fantastic. So went dressed as Mickey Mouse. Yes. Wizard wi- Wizard Mickey? Yeah, yeah, with the, the hat, the coat. Yeah. Is that what the Sorcerer's Apprentice is from Fantasia or no? Oh. Or is that a separate thing? Feels like it's a, is it a Disney thing at all, Sorcerer's Apprentice? I have no idea. Yeah, neither, as it turns out. <laughs> Felt confident br- briefly. Never feel confident. <laughs> and that vanished. Yeah. The Sorcerer's Apprentice is a 2010 American action adventure fantasy film produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, released by Walt Disney Pictures, okay. well done. starring Nicholas Cage. Okay. Ah, yes. So I've combined two things there. Mm. But you were in the right kind of ballpark, which yeah. is something. Yeah, but I, like the the Fantasia outfit would be a pretty good disguise. Yeah. Again, it's like no, I'm the Fantasia Bandit. <laughs> oh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice <laughs> is struck again. God damn it. <laughs> 
I would also have to thank from the Windy City, Chicago, Whoa. Illinois. I would love to thank Emily Austria. Emily, Emily Austria is a fantastic That's name. A great right. name. I would buy a novel written by Emily Austria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, which is funny because Emily's uh, bandit nickname was the novelist. <laughs> I like it. I like I it like too. It. I like it a lot. She wrote a really long note. It was, yeah, the teller was like, oh, oh my God. I'm just going to oh, jump sorry, ahead a bit and be yeah, like, you're right. robbing me, right? Yeah. It's like a beautiful prose. <laughs> I am so busy at work. I'll just, just open your bag, I'll put the cash in. Like, yeah. honestly, you're wasting my time. Um, that's beautiful, Emily. Congratulations on the novelist. Finally, I would love to thank from Harrington Park, New South Wales, William Angeli. 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 <laughs> Angele. <laughs> Got all options there, William. What about the broken down shoe? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And how do they get to that? Uh, they On the way out, robbery went really well, mm-hmm. except on the way out, last step out of the bank. They had a bit of a blowout with the sole of their shoe. Oh, no. Dragging along. (laughs) Quite embarrassing. (laughs) Quite embarrassing. They had to just start legging it with like half the shoe. Broken down shoe. Footing it. Yeah, they were footing it. Whoa. Thanks so much, William, (laughs) Emily, Carly, Mosin, Josh, Courtney, Adam, Aaron, and Callan. And the last thing we like to do is welcome a few people into the Triptych Club. Jess, could you quickly explain what the Triptych Club is? Is yeah, it's a it's a one stop shop for anything you could ever need. Mm. You want to have a nap? We've got beds. You want to take a shit? We've got toilets. <laughs> We've, We've got, also beds. got beds. <laughs> <laughs> we um, it's a it's a, a lounge type area, an exclusive club. Once you leave, uh, once you enter, you can never leave. Um, where we in wel- a good way, in a good way, where we welcome in people who have supported um to go on for three years uh consecutively. On the shout-out level or above. That's right. Uh, And when uh, I call out your name, because I'm the doorman here, Mm -hmm. I've got the clipboard. I've got a list of guests. This week we've got eight inductees. Wow. I'll read out the names. Dave's on stage inside. He's the MC. He's the hype man. Thank you. And he's going to really bring you up. I'll read out your name and then Dave will welcome you in. Everyone else is already in the club. They're there clapping along, cheering your name. Yep. Uh, Just behind the bar. Yep. Normally he's come up with a, a cocktail based on the topic. Pepsi. Pepsi. In a mug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three quarters full. And you can and have- Are you serving a- any fajita meat? I got some fajita meat. I got some cigarettes. Oh, my God. Menthol? Uh, the only way. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave, you normally book a band for the after party? Who have you booked? You're never going to believe this. What have you done there, I, Dave? I book these bands months and months in, in advance. <laughs> never anything to do with the topic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I've somehow booked the band- Job for a Cowboy. Whoa. Wow. The death metal band. Sick. So uh, wow. get ready for some Bree Breeze. Uh, Job for a Cowboy is here. Any uh, any hits that we would uh, know? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Knee Deep? Uh-huh. Yes. Yep, Entombment of a Machine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Son of Night. Nility. That sounds like a, a death metal song written by a, a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Tarnished Gluttony. Oh, yeah. They've definitely opened the thesaurus. There was a thing in my their, when their album, their first album, Doom, came out in two thousand and five. There was quite a lot of uh, love for it. My school people loved Job for a Cowboy. Huh. Fantastic. Uh, all right, are you ready to welcome in this week's inductees? Here I we am go. Ready. From- <laughs> you didn't wait. You didn't wait for my response. Well, you took forever. Yeah, it was quite a And you a were while. typing, so it was pretty yeah. clear you I was hadn't looking heard up, him. Looking up Job for a Cowboy. I figured <laughs> once I start, you'll probably figure out what's going on. You'll probably, you know, remember you're at work. 
Maybe you'll get your shit together. Freaking okay. hell, Dave. And from now, I'm ready to hype you. But okay. I needed to get out that resentment that was, first. That was rude. I oh, yeah. For new listeners, Jess also hypes Dave. How up. can I hype you if I'm feeling any kind of content or mm. resentment for you? I've got that out now. I feel nothing but love for you, and I'm ready. <laughs> and I feel nothing. What's new? Please. Firstly, from Mooresville in North Carolina, home of the blue fire trucks in some certain areas in America, it's Dustin Stewart. Oh, I've been busting Stewart to get this guy in. <laughs> yes. From Edmonton in Canada, it's Sandy Paha. I'm a fandy of Sandy. Ooh. From Byram in, <laughs> is it Massachusetts, MS? No. Mississippi. Oh, baby. Uh, the grand old miss. M I double S I double S I double P. Ruining the flow. It's Kiana Jackson. Oh, when Kiana came, I said bye, Ram, to the bad times. <laughs> From Lucan in Ireland, it's Ola McGrath. Ooh, Dukin with the Lucan. Okay. Ola we met Ola recently, Dave, when we we're over in somewhere. Five stars. Maybe Leeds. I can't remember. No, probably. <laughs> Probably Glasgow. And from <laughs> Garland in Texas in the United <gasps> States. One of the robberies was there. <gasps> Holy no, shit. No, Pretty it, sure. It's Josh Harmon. Well, I've got Whoa. some good Carmen with Josh Harmon. Sounds like karma. <laughs> from from Ringstead in DK, Denmark, perhaps. It's Maya Eikigar. <laughs> DK standing for the cool person. Ooh. Dave, I know you've been to Iceland, which isn't too far from Denmark. Can you have I've a crack been, at pronouncing that I've also that been name? to Denmark. Well, that's <laughs> Yes, but you've too. been to Iceland. <laughs> uh, I think it's Lickigard. And Major or Maya? Or Maha. Maha. Can you have a go full, full go? Please give it up for Maya Lickigard. Ooh. From Camba in the Australian Capital Territory, it's Anne White. Anne White. <laughs> So it was still. A- <laughs> it's a big ju- juxtaposition to go from a name that we're not sure about and then okay, Anne White. I'm a fan of Anne White. <laughs> yeah, Anne and White. Finally, from Gothenburg in Sweden, it's Adam Norman. Ain't nothing Norman about this guy. Oh, yes. He's the best! <laughs> Norman, like normal? Normal, I think yep. that's what I'm going for. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adam. He's Anne, the best! <laughs> Maya, Major, Josh, Ola, Kiana. Sandy and Dustin, welcome into the club. Make yourselves at home. Get ready. Uh, grab a bit of uh, meat. <laughs> Don't know if Jess is cooking it or not, but That's- grab a handful. Yeah, all right. Grab yourself a Pepsi. And, and a uh, cigarette. And a cigarette. And get ready for the death metal stylings of Job for a Cowboy. Job for a Cowboy. Take it away, guys. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Anything we need to tell people before we go, Bopper? Uh, just that they can find us at Do Go On Pod across social media. Our website is dogoonpod.com where you can find uh, info about live shows, um, which we've got coming up, you know, soon-ish. Yeah, yeah come we'll, on. we'll always have something coming up. It's always something. Um, and anybody can su- suggest a topic. There's a link in the show notes, also a link on our website. Um, you don't have to be a patron. If you've got a, a story you've heard that you think would make for a good report, let us know. Um, and also, finally, we love you. Dave, boot this baby home. Hey, we'll be back next week with another classic episode. But until then, I'll say thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Later. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.